I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. From still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ over there in Mississippi, Super Talk Mississippi. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite radio personalities, and you know we're friends of the we're friends of the state of Mississippi on this very program, even with Everything School HQ in the Tennessee locale here. Matt Wyatt, friend of the show, been on a lot, and uh, he does great work over there in Mississippi. And you know Mississippi, it's baseball time, so Mississippi, it's all kind of. Uh, well, we can, uh, as of right now, it's, hey, you got your rings. I don't care. Like until Tennessee gets a ring, I, I'm not going to feel any sympathy on this side of things. But it's Brian. Hey, Dad. Brian. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Chase. Thanks for having me on. I don't know that I would have agreed to this interview if I'd known you were a Falcons fan. I'll be totally Ooh. honest with well, you. Well, I'm from Atlanta originally, so that is uh, part of this. I would have made mm-hmm. you do the interview at 328. Wow. Yeah, I would have just gone right there. So. How's Derek Carr going? Uh, you know, he, he, we uh, we deferred some money on him this year so we can get back yeah. under the cap. That's how it works in New Orleans. Okay. That was pretty good. I mean, yeah. th- there was a game. What was it? There was like a pass interference or there was something where a oh. guy ran into. Was there, it, did it involve a team that 
it was an important playoff game. I yeah, feel like. I, I've, I've blacked that out. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Good to know. Good to know, sir. Um, I love it right out of the gate here. Um, but I wanted to talk to you today because I think one of the more under the radar uh, head coaching hires of this cycle was Jeff Levy, because uh, depending on who you read and who you talk to about Oklahoma and what those fans felt about Jeff Levy as their OC, um, it was mixed uh, this past year. And you know this when college football fans uh, offenses, I mean, we just dealt with this this past year with uh, Heifel and company where fans just love to pinpoint the OC. It's like, oh, well, Golish is gone. So clearly there is a drop off. And that's why Tennessee's offense isn't scoring at the pace they were two years ago. And last year, Levy was the target um, where it's like, oh, Oklahoma's offense up and down, any kind of struggles. It was just Levy was getting a lot of heat. But Levy has had great offenses just about everywhere he's gone. Um, the guy knows football. The guy knows um, uh, the state of Mississippi, the South, coached all around the region, obviously a uh, friend of Heupel's and uh, that area. So I'm very interested in terms of how Levy fits in how it will ultimately work as a big swing back uh, to the Mississippi state of old after the one year Zach Arnett experience. But my first question to you is Levy a long-term answer for Mississippi state, similar to how Dan Mullen was when he came in, or do you think this is a, a couple years thing? That's the thing with Mississippi state, right? That's a program that when coaches have success there in football, mm. that you're always going to be like, well, they might be looking to make a move to, to a bigger program. And, and with Mullen, you, you face that basically every year he was there after year two you know, mm-hmm. his first year after that they were like okay you know let's let him get his feet wet a little bit after state in his second year they were finishing the top 15 it became a a yearly thing of you're going to have to face that so the same mm-hmm. will be true of levy if he is successful uh you know if, if if let's say state this year is able to get to six and six and, and go to back to a bowl game i think that would mm-hmm. be a successful year uh if next season he, he has a great portal class and puts this team at, at an eight-win status. Yeah, big, big jobs are going to come calling. He has the resume as an offensive coordinator. Everywhere he's been, they've put points on the board. Um, he looks he looks the part of a good recruiter. State's recruiting efforts early under him mm-hmm. have been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, his name will be will be will definitely be thrown out there for some big jobs. Uh, the good news for Mississippi State is being a member of the SEC – with the money that being that that entails, you know, state has money to play with. You know, their collective is in good shape. They can offer, you know, he's making four and a half now. Mm-hmm. My guess is he state could go up to eight or nine by the time you, you want to go to eight or nine. I'm not saying next year, but I'm saying if he if he goes six and six, eight and four, then you know, let's say they get they do really well, he goes nine and three in year year three, and he wants to to look at get a seven, eight million dollar salary, state can do that. So mm-hmm. They're going to have to fight that battle, obviously, and, and they do that with every football coach they have that has success. Uh, but you just got to make this job as attractive as possible, and I think Mississippi State does a, a pretty good job at that. Is it coming in with the same kind of fanfare Mullen had, where that same kind of optimism of the offensive guy who can do more with less? Is it that same kind of feel to you? There is something to that. you know. With, with Mullen, he came in after Sylvester Croom had been here for five years, and it was mm. five years of – some of the most putrid offensive football you'll ever see. Yeah. I mean, Croom uh, famously in five years never scored 40 points in a game. Never not one Really? Time. Yeah. And Mullen's first game, they went over 40. And so it was yeah. just like, okay, it was like a breath of fresh air. It's only been the one year with with Arnett last year. You know, before, the year prior, State won nine games. They finished ranked in mm-hmm. the top 20. Now, offensively, they weren't great. And, and you know, 
people forget that. You know, Mike Leach's teams here obviously ran the air raid and they piled up a lot of passing yardage. But as far as putting points on the board and being a dynamic offense, they weren't that. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year was a huge step back. Um, so, yeah, there there is some excitement and there, there's a whiff of, of Mullen to all this, it, it, even in terms of when Mullen arrived at state that year, Ole Miss was ranked in the top 10 nationally. Uh, they were coming off of a Cotton Bowl season. There was a lot of hype around them. Very similar situation with Ole Miss this year. People think that's going to be a playoff team. They probably mm-hmm. will be a playoff team when you look at their schedule. Um, so there, there's 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 some hope that Jeff Levy can come in here and turn the tide and, and get Mississippi State back on equal footing where they haven't been. Even though they won the Egg Bowl two seasons ago, Ole Miss as a program has had a, a little bit more of a, a national uh, mm-hmm. presence than Mississippi State has over the past few years. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like with the I mean, Kiffin obviously doing something that hasn't been done ever at Ole Miss back to back 10 win seasons. And uh, he's got this thing humming. And like you said, it looks like they're going to have another 10 win season at Ole Miss. So does that help or hurt Jeff Lebby in this early part of his tenure that Ole Miss is already cooking and that fans understand that, like, hey, Ole Miss is in a different place than Mississippi State is right now? Or are they like, hey, we need to catch Ole Miss because we've watched Lane Kiffin dominate this state for the last three years? It very much is the latter there. That Mississippi, mm. Mississippi State fans aren't going to settle for being second best to Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, and Dan, Dan Mullen understood that when he arrived. The first thing he mm. did was talk about the rivalry and how you, you know we got to be the number one team in the state. I, I say this a lot that because you get some Ole Miss fans who say, you know, there's not that the rivalry is not that big a deal. You can't be number one in the nation if you're not number one in the state. And, hmm. and that that's how I look at things. So if you're not the best, you know, look at Auburn. Yeah. They, they can't be the number one team in the nation when they're not the number one team in the state. So for for Mississippi State fans, I think by and large, there's there's a there's an air of patience this year, right? Everybody knows that Ole Miss is loaded. They they hit the head a huge transfer portal class. They bring back Jackson Dart and a lot of those those players. And you know, Kiffin has been there for five years. He's built that program up. He's got them going in the right direction. Your your hope is that in year one, you can take a small step forward. You know, you can be competitive with everybody in the SEC, that you can show that offensively you're going to be what Jeff Levy has been at every other stop. You know, you, you don't want to have him come in and state winning games on defense. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought that was one of the issues with Leach and why people ha- were slow to embrace him sometimes was that, when you hire Mike Leach, you think, okay, well, they'll, they'll lose some games, but they'll lose 45-42. And mm. State was losing games like 21-3 to in his first yeah. year. And, and that, that, that's not what you expect when you hire an offensive coach. Um, you know, you, in year two, you want to take a, see State take a big step forward. Ole Miss next season, if we're going to look way ahead, should take a step back. They're going to lose Dart. They're going to lose a lot of their their their, their skill position guys. A lot of their transfers are, are our seniors and one-year guys. So next year they should take a step back to be a you know a seven eight win team, and you hope in that year maybe you can catch up with them a little bit. Mm. This year, if you if you're caught up with Ole Miss, it's it's going to be really disappointing in Oxford and really exciting in Starkville. But I will say this: last year State was terrible. That's the best Ole Miss team in you know maybe ever. Yeah, and they only beat State by ten mm. here here in Starkville in a game that was you know it was ten seven going into the uh, the fourth quarter. So so maybe field teams, goals changed some stuff there yeah, too. Yeah. Maybe the two teams aren't that as far away as per, perception would make you think. But that yeah. being said, I think in year one, it, it really is sort of baby steps. Get back to bowl game for Mississippi State. That, that's the goal that seems realistic. What have you heard from fans is the most exciting part of the hire for Levy? The offense. I mean, Mississippi mm. State has just never been a program that's that's put spectacular offense out there. You know, Mullen, when he arrived his first year, you were like, wow, this offense is great. But then you found out it, it, it was a good offense. It was it was 
perfectly you're capable of winning you plenty of games, but was it an explosive, exciting, get down the field, play with tempo kind of offense that you see the top college programs uh, doing these days? No, it wasn't. It was very mm-hmm. much ball control offense. They ran the football. They threw it a lot Dak senior year, but I think I've always thought that was more just to show the NFL that, hey, he can throw the football, and, and obviously mm-hmm. that, that worked out. Um, but it, then, you know, he went right back to more of a power game the last two years he was at Mississippi State. They bring in Joe Moorhead from Penn State, and you think, okay, this is a guy who's coached exciting offenses. And then when you take a step back and you realize, well, he had Saquon Barkley and all those mm-hmm. guys at Penn State, and that's that's probably why. Then you bring in Mike Leach, you're like, all right, this guy, he knows offense. They're really good. And, and they, they really were just a ball control offense that yeah. threw it rather than passing it. So Levy is the guy that you're hoping is probably going to bring that that offensive spark to Starkville that they, they've just never had. State has always been a program. It's best years. They ran the football and played defense. Yeah. And they've never had a guy who just came in here and was like, we're going to light up the scoreboard, and if we lose a shootout, that that's what it is. That's what they're hoping the most for from Levy. How does his final step, because this is another part of it, like obviously with every new hire, like it the, the figurehead is Levy and he'll be the figurehead. But there's so much more to it. And with how um, expansive college recruiting is now, college ball recruiting, college uh, roster management, this, that, and the other, the staff matters just as much as just the head honcho. Um, I'm always curious at how uh, different coaches fill that out, especially with this cycle. I mean, Georgia's getting picked apart left and right here with Del McGee now taking over at uh, Georgia State today. Um, they lose their best recruiter on offense and defense in the same uh, same offseason. It's just a brutal, real time uh, for the sport. But when you look at Lebby's inaugural staff here, um, do you like it? Does it uh, does it feel like what a top tier ish SEC staff should be that he has the right uh, right ties in the right spots? Or do you think um, it's still got some work to do and it's still a wait and see on some of these positional coaches? It's a tale of two sides of the ball. Offensively, mm. I think he put together a really good staff. Um, he brought in guys that had worked with him before that have uh, experience in this offense. You know, last year, Mississippi State brought in an offensive coordinator. They hired all of the offensive position coaches before the coordinator. So you had a coordinator trying to install an offense that none of these guys had ever worked in before. And, Mm. you know, maybe we were all – I was a little bit foolish in thinking it could be successful. It it obviously was not. This year, you've got guys who've worked with Levy before. The only one who hasn't is Chad Bumpus, the receivers coach, Mm. who State kept because he's, he's an alum. He played football here. Uh, he's the best recruiter on the staff. He and you know, state this year signed three four star recruits at JJ Harrell position. JJ Harrell, who was committed to Tennessee, yeah. Stonka Birdside from here in Starkville, and Mario Craver from the state of Alabama. They also got two big time targets in the transfer portal out of that. That's mm-hmm. Chad Bumpus doing that. He, I mean, a former all SEC wide receiver who's a young guy, he's going to be a, a good recruiter. So I like that side of the ball. I think mm-hmm. they're doing a fine job. Defensively, there's a ton of questions. You bring in Coleman Hutzler from Alabama, who's never been a defensive coordinator before. He was co-coordinator at Texas for a season, but he wasn't the the, the chief play caller. Yeah. Um, you bring in a couple of... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Of other guys in, 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 uh, in Corey Bell and, uh, and Barnes, like, is his first name Matt? I can't remember his first name. Uh, as, the, as, your, as your secondary guys, and Matt and Barnes is the, uh, the co-defensive coordinator, so he sort of has that mm-hmm. role. But these are guys who weren't at defensive juggernauts at Florida Atlantic and at Memphis. Now Barnes yeah. was at Ohio State before that, but again was not you know the, the the key guy, and it kind of showed this year in the transfer portal. State was not, despite the fact that State needs immediate impact guys, they they have starting positions available at an SEC defense. They didn't get a lot of takers in the transfer portal. And what do you think that is? I think that's because nobody knows who Hutzler is. I, I, I remember this very clearly when when they hired Hutzler. I, my first words were, "Who?" You yeah. know, and I I follow college football. I thought I knew some things. I didn't. So he coached at Alabama. Well, I've I got friends who cover Alabama. Let me text them and see what they say. And their 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 comments were, "Yeah, I don't know much about him. Never really talked to him." So huh. if the if the people who cover the sport don't know him, yeah, it, it, you're asking a lot of players to you know some of these guys only have one year left. Do they mm-hmm. want to commit to a rebuild for with a guy they don't know a whole lot about? Or do they want to go to programs that are already established? And that's that's kind of where that went. I think now that being said, I think those guys are making some good inroads in the class of 25 for the high school side. But yeah. I think they're gonna have to show something, put some stuff on film of their defense playing well before they're gonna have success at the transfer portal level. Did so did they swing at bigger names at the DC spot and they just couldn't get them? Or was this like Levy's guy at the get go? There was a lot of smoke around DJ Durkin, yeah. who ended up at Auburn. Uh, but at the time, the, the, the way his contract was structured at mm. Texas A&M, it was going to be like a, a five or six million dollar buyout, and nobody's paying a, that for a coordinator. They're, they're just not. So yeah, that was the biggest name that I heard connected to Mississippi State. Hutzler, from from what I can tell, was a complete like shock. Nobody, yeah. nobody, because nobody had heard of him. He was, the, he was the linebackers coach at Alabama. Had never been a coordinator before. But Lebby apparently, you know, I, I talked to Hutzler a few weeks back. They had some connections with Lebby, and and he felt like that he was the right guy for the job. I think one thing with Mississippi State is they need to improve their recruiting profile a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying State can ever be a program that is consistently a top ten recruiter. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But they've been consistently in that twenty five to thirty five range for like a decade. That's where they were yeah. with Mullen, Moorhead, Leach. That's where they are. They'd like to be a top twenty team. And Hutzler mm-hmm. has a reputation as a recruiter. So maybe that played a, a role in it. And they just feel like, hey, you know, he's he coached under Nick Saban. He, you know, he, he should have learned enough to be, to be able to pull this off. But, you know, we go back to Mullen. Mullen's first year at State, he hired a very experienced defensive coordinator called Torbush. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work. And so the next year he was gone. And it was kind of funny. I mean, Mullen ran through defensive coordinators like the rest of us run through pants. He had, <laughs> I think, seven of them in eight years. Did he really? Um, he had I, I, hold on. He had Torbush, Manny Diaz, Chris Wilson, Jeff Collins, Manny Diaz, Peter Sermon, Todd Grantham. Yeah, seven. Wow. My memory, I'm like, I just thought Todd Grantham was there like four, four years. He was there for one season. And That's then crazy. He, like he, if he, he left me off of like Grantham, I would have said Grantham was there for years. He left with Mullen when yeah. he went to Florida. So um mm-hmm. so yeah, so Mullen made a change after his first year as a defensive coordinator. So my guess is if this defense is really, really bad. 
you might might see a change there. But at the same time, this is something I've been saying a lot on my podcast. You you look at Ole Miss's for year, the first year Kiffin was there with Levy. Mm. They were, I think, a hundred and they were dead last in the in the country in total defense. Dead yeah. last in the country. You could you could not they could not stop anybody. But they won five games. That was the COVID year. Mm. And I mean, if they had not played a COVID schedule, because they won five SEC games. Yeah. If they had not played a COVID schedule, they probably would have been eight and four because they scored on everybody. They were they were the number four offense in the country. So I don't know if State's gonna be the number four offense in the country, but if you have a top 30, top 40 offense, you can have a 90, 100 defense and still win six and maybe even seven games if you can score enough points. Well, I think a lot of that comes down to the quarterback play, right? Like, yeah. uh, so where are they at with the quarterback? Are you feeling good about the quarterback room in 2024? Or are you kind of, eh, I don't know about this. There's some unknowns, obviously. You know, Blake Shapin is going to be the guy, at least to start the, the spring, yeah. coming in from Baylor. Um, he's a guy who's, when he's been healthy, he was very productive over at Baylor. Uh, was yeah. part of that team that, that won the Big 12 um, in, two, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um but he's, he's he struggled staying healthy, so if it's going to be that's going to be a big question. I think state did the one place they did a really good job in the transfer portal was the offensive line. They brought in four guys who are going to compete for starting spots. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know they 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 they've got some protection for him there. Uh, and then behind him is going to be Chris Parson, the uh, the redshirt freshman out of out of the state of Tennessee, mm-hmm. who you know very electric athlete. He he was you know he he committed to Mike Leach, and you like the, Leach has never had a quarterback like this guy, mm-hmm. a guy who can do a lot of things with his legs. And if, just to show that no freshman quarterbacks played in the SEC last year, Chris Parson was mm. the first all freshman SEC quarterback. He completed like five passes. No <laughs> freshman quarterbacks played last year, yeah. but he was first team. So put that on his resume, I guess. But Shapin will probably end up winning the job. And you know, state state went after some big targets in, in the craft part. They would they wanted to bring in Dylan Gabriel with the connections mm-hmm. to Levy, but he committed to Oregon. Uh, they 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 talked to um, Kyle McCord, who ended up at Syracuse. I think they talked to DJU before he got to Florida State. But they, they Shapen and his, sort of the same thing with Hutzler came out of nowhere. I, I was on the air when he committed. It was five minutes before the show goes off the air, and this mm-hmm. t- tweet goes through, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> and so I couldn't really talk about it, but mm-hmm. he'll he'll get the job. I, I feel okay. And this is the thing about Levy. Levy, I look at Ole Miss again when when Matt he took over there and they had Matt Corral. Nobody knew who Matt Corral was. I, most people thought yeah. John Rice Plumley was going to win that starting job, and those of us here mm-hmm. in the state of Mississippi knew it, it's going to be Corral because they want to throw the football. And I knew Corral had the big arm, but that's all I really knew about it. And two years later, this guy was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. His his last year at Ole Miss. So you're hoping I mean, the man is- can also take a beating. Like Matt Corral, the, the lasting memory of Matt Corral is like 25 carries against Tennessee and Nealon, yeah. obviously with the 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 mustard and yeah. golf ball game. But like <laughs> yes. he kept running on third and seven, and he's so small and took so many he, shots he, from Tennessee. He kept getting up. He's tough, and you know you yeah. hope Shapen can can be like that too. And Shapen has some of that mobility as well. So. Yeah. He's he's done that. You know, he did it with Mackenzie Milton. He did it with Dylan mm-hmm. Gabriel. He did it with Matt Corral. Every quarterback he's been the offensive coordinator or play caller for has had success. So you yeah. have that that just continues with Blake Shapen. I just wonder too. I mean, when you talk like obviously the big thing this offseason was the the drama surrounding what happened last year with Will Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. And I I wonder too when you hired Levy. My first thought was, would he return? Like, I, obviously it's been a lot, but. 
I mean, obviously ties in the area. And I mean, Washington's a whole heck of a long way uh, for the family and everybody else, uh, especially with the new Big Ten schedule that Washington will be playing in. Like maybe he entertains coming back or something like that. Was that ever in play? And would that have been the best case scenario for Mississippi State just because of what Levy can do with quarterbacks and Will Rogers potentially having a great final year with him? So for Rodgers, I think what last year proved is that he's a system quarterback and that mm. if he's not in an air raid style system, he's I don't know how successful he's going to be, which makes it the, the decision to go to Washington kind of odd. I, that's not really an air yeah. raid style system. Um, I liked Will, you know, when I had the chance to talk to him, good kid. And I thought he played really hard for Mississippi State and did the best that he could. But, I mean, he's a limited athlete. You, mm. you don't have any threat of a running game with him. Uh Behind, behind center uh, yeah. and then he doesn't have that big arm that this offense I think needs I think this is an offense where you want to be able to throw the ball 40 50 yards down the field and that's just not Will Rogers game he's a guy who's going to you know look at coverage and find the open man and hit those short passes and drive you down the field but he's not the guy who's going to you know just say hey, I'm just going to chuck it down the field and, and make a big play here um, I thought going back to last offseason that this that 2023 would be Will Rogers last year at state now my thought in some the summer was Oh, he'll have a good enough year and he'll go to the NFL. And, you know, I don't know. He'll be a high draft choice or anything, but that's what he'll do. And about midway through the season, it became clear. It's still going to be his last year, but it's because he's just not going to be here any longer. So, you know, I wish Will the best. Like I said, really good kid and uh, gave his all for Mississippi State. Uh, won some big games for the Bulldogs. But I, there was never a time where I thought he would stay. Even You know, he, he, he hit the transfer portal the day after the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so before even Levy was hired. And I, I never thought there was a chance he would come back. Uh, we end here, Brian. Okay. What are the year one expectations? What do you think is that when you look at this schedule, now that uh, things are pretty settled, I mean, spring transfers, they don't usually play a significant role for any team. So it's just, I mean, every, for every, like we had Kamal Haddon, it's probably the best one of the spring transfers for Tennessee. But outside of that, most guys who transfer in the spring, it's just too late in the process and they just yeah. don't make a, an immediate impact. So you got, you got it. You have a good look of what it's going to look like mm-hmm. for Mississippi State this fall. What do you think is the realistic expectation from fans for Mississippi State this year what it should be now because they're Mm. fans and they may just disagree with me but state has four non-conference games that are winnable three of them Mm -hmm. are group of five FCS one is at Arizona State now as as having to play another power five team goes that's not that bad a a chore right Arizona State's not a great football team it is on the road Uh, state went to Arizona two years ago and won that game pretty easily they beat Arizona last year in Starkville Mm -hmm. which is one of the craziest results of the college football season when you Mm -hmm. when you look at it's before Arizona changed quarterbacks but but still um so state can win those games right so that's four you look at their SEC schedule they get Arkansas and Florida at home those are that they beat Arkansas last year on the road in a game that set football back about 10 years seven to three was the final score of the game's all um but Arkansas is not going to be very – I think Arkansas is probably the second-worst team in the conference this year behind Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then Florida wasn't very good last year. I thought Graham Mertz was good, but they're, they're not a good football team. You get them on the road. Uh, that's early in the season when they've already played uh, Miami, and I think, they've, I think they've played Texas at that point. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, but they, they, they should be one and two when they come to start. But where a state has a really good chance to be three and zero and have a little bit of momentum. If you win those two games on top of the four non-conference, you're six and six, and you're in a bowl game. Everything else at that point is a, is gravy. You, 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 if you get a seventh win, then man, Jeff Levy could be getting some coach of the year votes, in my opinion. So six and six, get back into a bowl game, put together a. a this is a good recruiting year in the state of Mississippi. There's a lot of four and five star kids here in the state. Uh, he's already got his quarterback committed. 
Um, got a couple of the, the top player in the state, Caleb Cunningham, is a heavy, heavy, heavy Mississippi State lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, will probably end up in, in Maroon and White. He's a five-star wide receiver, and I'll tell you that kid's a beast. He is yeah. an unbelievable specimen. Um, so you get a class like that together and you move forward. So just getting back into postseason play will would should be a reasonable and reachable goal for Mississippi State in 2023. I love it. Brian, how did the good folks keep up with everything you've got cooking on the radio front this week? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Haydad. And then if you uh, want to check out my work, I'm available at the, the Thunder and Lightning podcast. You can subscribe on any uh, platform you, you listen to podcasts on. That's five days a week of Mississippi State sports. And I'm also the co-host of Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, three to six on any Super Talk channel, the Super Talk app available on TV, supertalktv.com. I love it. Brian, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for the time. I'd love to check back in again soon. Thanks, Chase. Anytime. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, Mm -hmm. um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 